Warning, this podcast will challenge your thinking. Welcome to Business Problems Solved. In this podcast, we help you solve your business problems by providing real examples and practical approaches to make today better than yesterday. Introducing your host, the multi-sector, self-professed, most improved improvement person and qualified business problem solver, Lee Horton. Hey, it's Lee. Welcome to Business Problems Solved. Um, last week, I did a podcast all by myself, um, and it's, it's been a while since I've done that one, and I got a number of messages uh, and, and a lot of uh, positive feedback. So I thought I would um, I would treat myself and I would uh, do another. Uh, don't worry if you are a fan of the interview. There are a number of series coming up. I've got a number of amazing, amazing guests for you to look forward to. Uh, but today, like last week, you uh, you get my voice. So um, this is about failure, failure, um, and I believe that failure is actually a positive thing, not a negative thing. Failure is good. But what does failure actually mean? Well, according to Google, the definition is a lack of success or unsuccessful person or thing. And this is not good, is it? Those definitions are not overly positive, are they? So with definitions like this, why would failure ever be seen as good or a positive thing. Because this all leads to us not sharing our failures, wanting to hide them away, and doing all we can to only let people see when things go right. You look on social media now, and it's a it's a wash with stories, positive stories of people sharing their happy lives, things that are going right, the way that they want the world to be perceived. Because we're not wired to um, to share failure. A lot of studies actually have been conducted with a control group of people being asked um, a question and a number of people in that group being primed to give the wrong answer. Think about this for a second. You're in a group with a lot of people. You don't know these people and you're asked a question. You know the answer to that question. But everybody before you has given an answer that you think is wrong. What would you do? Would you give the uh, the wrong answer like everybody else? Or would you stand out and be the one that's different and give the answer that you believe is, is right? Uh, even when that doubt is creeping in your mind, could you actually be wrong? Um but apparently that's what the majority of people, they give the wrong answer, even though they know there's a right one because they don't want to be different. They don't want to be different. And is this because you don't want to fail or they don't want to be perceived to fail or you don't just don't want to be seen as, as different to everybody else? As humans, we search and strive for connection, commonality, similarities in all our relationships. And ultimately... We want to feel safe, psychologically safe. What on earth? And why am I talking about this today? Well, because I think this is really important at work. We work in teams all of the time. And without psychological safety, there are some challenges. 
But ultimately, what is psychological safety first? Ultimately, it is the belief that you won't be punished or humiliated for speaking up with ideas, taking risks, asking questions, raising concerns, or even making mistakes. But how do you create this? Because it's easy to say we need to develop trust or an environment of high trust or a safe environment. But what does it actually mean that you need to do different? I'll give you four things to consider. Number one, leading by example. So this is if you're a, if you're a leader of these teams. Okay. So number one, lead by example. Number two, listen. Number three, create a safe environment. And number four, be open. Because whether we're delivering change, whether we're leading the team, we want people to be open and honest with us throughout. Because if they are, that might mean that we're going to get the truth. We're going to get honesty. I asked um, a senior leader uh, about a month ago, I think I might share this with you. Um, I asked him, did he um, show emotion? And he said, I don't show emotion because I'm a professional. And then I let him think for a minute. And then he went, oh, no, actually, I, I showed emotion when I, was at, when I was at home. And I said to him, I said, well, at home, do people come to you when they've got an issue, a challenge, when they're happy, when they're sad, when they want your help? And he said, yeah, of course they do. And I said, well, what about at work? Do they come to you at work when um, they're happy, they're sad, when they've got an issue or a challenge that they want help with? And he said, I'd like to think they do. But he wasn't very certain. And I think that's because he didn't see it as often as what he saw at home. And that's the reason why I think demonstrating emotion, showing that you've um, that you've failed, uh, being vulnerable is important. This is what I mean by leading by example. You can ask for feedback. You can acknowledge your mistakes. Speak last so not to bias other people's views. Be open to opinions that differ from your own. Ask short how and what questions and be approachable and encourage curiosity from people. You need to lead by example. You're supposed to, if you want people to do something, there's no better way than you demonstrating how it works uh, in, the, in the first place. I had a conversation with a client um, just last week and I encouraged them. I said that there'd be what the, the one main reason or the one um, main thing that would get the, uh, the initiative to be bought into is by everybody seeing that the most senior person has changed their narrative are doing different things because you're role modeling, role modeling, you're leading by example. So number one was leading by example. Number two is listening and encouraging active listening. How many times when somebody is speaking, do you or do you see others doing something else? Are you listening really? Are they the most important person in the room? I remember interviewing Nigel Risner on the podcast and he said, whilst I was on it, I didn't believe him at the time, but I can understand why he says it. And I do believe him. he said that I was the most important person in his life at that point in time because he was talking to me. How often is the person that you're talking to not the most important person at that point in time? Because you're distracted doing other things, thinking about the next meeting that you've got to, scrolling through your phone. So what can we do? Well, what can you do to minimize distractions like phones? 
Show understanding by repeating what has just been said. Show people that you are listening. Encourage people to share more by asking questions. An example and, and asking, and what else? To develop the uh, develop their thinking a little bit more on the subject that you're talking about and then just listen to them let them get lost in the thoughts and sharing them with you and if certain individuals rarely speak up during meetings actively ask them for their opinion and listen to it when they're speaking make them the most important person in the room so that was number two listen number three create a safe environment because one of the keys of psychological safety is that people feel comfortable voicing their opinions and not being fear and not in fear of being judged. Help teams develop a safe environment by creating maybe a few ground rules on how they interact with each other. Um, so, what are the values in the team? How do you want people to behave? Get commonality and, and get agreement on all of these things first. Like don't interrupt each other. Make sure that everybody listens and, and everybody's opinions um, are accepted equally and never judge, never place blame on a person. Be accepting and open to failure. Reward the right behaviours like people sharing when things haven't gone as planned instead of just rewarding those heroes, the firefighters that have fixed it because that's reinforcing the failure and, and accepting that the people that have put it right are the ones that are, that are right. Maybe if you'd have... Um, reinforce the person who told you about the failure or maybe if they'd have told you sooner that the failure might not have been as bad or it could have been prevented. I remember when I was um, I was working years ago in one of my very first jobs I would um, be frightened to I was a data input person and it was uh, processing claims or process, processing application forms and there'd be a certain number of application forms on my desk and these would be the ones that were more difficult. I wouldn't feel very comfortable um, letting anybody know that I couldn't do them because I've been trained like everybody else. I just didn't feel confident and comfortable with particular types. So the, this pile would be growing up. Um, I've got uh, getting higher and higher as the weeks went on. The date of the claim or the application form would be getting older and older because I didn't feel comfortable and confident to say that I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't feel like it was a safe environment and that I wouldn't be judged. Don't make people feel the way that I felt. And what can you do to create a safe environment? And then number four, be open. Be open. Encourage teams to share feedback with one another. How can you create that environment where people share, talk, and, and the more that it happens, the more that it will happen. Help them to learn how to respond to input from others. Rather than criticism, encourage teams and individuals to see feedback as a way to strengthen and build on their ideas. And think beach ball. Because what do I mean by that? Well, nobody goes to work to do a bad job. But what can we do to help them do a good job? Often, those, those people that are resistant or negative, it's just because of their, um, of their perspective. Think about a beach ball. And if I was to throw you a beach ball now and you were to catch it, those beach balls typically have like six stripes of colours. Might be a red one, a yellow one, a white one, a pink one, a blue one and a green one. And if, if you were to catch that ball, you would have three colours stirring it in your face. But I would have three completely different colours. But it's an exact same beach ball. Exact same thing. So what can you do to maybe ask me what colours can I see? And I can ask you what colours you can see. Maybe you can show me your colours and I can show you my colours. And then you're creating that conversation. 
Um, and that analogy works with everything. Try to see through everybody else's eyes and get to share what you can see on your through your eyes as well. So these four things, ultimately, because um, I think failure is a good thing. It's not a bad thing, but we need to be able to learn from it. We need to be able to share it. We need to be able to speak up when it happens. And we also need to learn from it. Okay, we need to learn from it and then try to make sure it doesn't happen again because we're learning from each of these things. Um, but the way that we um, that we create this environment, the way that we try to create this environment of trust where people can feel comfortable to share that they failed is you need to lead by example. You need to listen. You need to create a safe environment and you need to be open. So you may be embarking on a change journey. Um, you might be introducing tools and techniques, daily performance meetings, problem solving, coaching conversations. All these things are about engaging people and having amazing, amazing conversations. But people will only be truly engaged and share with you their honest feelings, their honest opinions and their ideas if they feel psychologically safe. So what? My challenge for you. So what are you doing? to make people feel psychologically safe. Though these four things can definitely help you. Leading by example, listening, creating a safe environment and being open and everybody on that team um, doing those four things as well. That's where you want to try to get to because there's no point asking people a question if they can't answer it honestly. That's why failure is a positive because if you get the right failure, you can learn from it and you can get better tomorrow. This has been another episode with myself. I just want to say thank you so much for uh, for staying with me. Um, we're, we're coming up to 150 episodes, which is absolutely crazy. Um, thank you so much for your feedback, your thoughts, your encouragement, your kind words, and, uh, and for joining me on this business problem solve journey. Like I've said, um, we've got some amazing, amazing guests coming up. And... Um, have an amazing week and I will catch up with you very, very soon. Take care. Thanks for listening to Business Problems Solved. You can contact Lee on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram or Twitter by searching for Lee Horton, the business problem solver or via visiting www.leehorton.com for more content and to solve your business problems. And remember... Saying you know how to do it is not doing it.